one. Welcome to the Golf Podcast Live. I'm your host, Raphael Calamat, alongside Michael Bleakley. Lots to talk about today. We got the QBE Shark Shootout that uh, happened this weekend over at Greg Norman's course. We've got, we're going to be talking pro hockey. We're going to talk about funny golf stories, a top 10 list of our favorite golf courses here in Canada. So we're looking forward to talking about that. PNC Championship this week. Tiger Woods playing with his son, Charlie. Big comeback since his, uh, his huge accident in February. And he'll be playing with Charlie. He's 12 years old now. Along with John Daly, his son's playing as well, so it should be great. But before we get started, we have a special guest. His name is Kellen Ainsworth. He's a professional hockey player. Uh, he's one of the partners at Michael Business Consulting. Um, he's also a scratch golfer. That's why he's on here. And uh, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Raph. Well, welcome, thanks Kellen. Thanks for having me, boys. Kellen, tell me. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you here. You know, Kellen, tell us a little bit about your golf journey. Uh, but before we get there, talk about your hockey professional career and how it got started. I know you're from Thunder Bay and you've played all over the world. Like for many golf professionals, sometimes we need to play in different countries, different mini tours. It's a tough go, especially here in Canada. You know, the ultimate dream for every junior is to play NHL hockey. But people don't realize there's lots of other leagues out there. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the NHL is obviously the ultimate dream. Uh, I think I came to a realization that maybe a little bit earlier than some of my, my buddies that I wasn't going there. So I figured I might as well see uh, see the world a little bit and uh, make an experience out of it. So yeah, like you said, I don't think a lot of people in in North America, we realize how many, uh, you know, professional leagues there are out in Europe, whereas in Europe, it's you know, obviously, a, you know, the NHL is the NHL, but they're, they're, they don't have the same access to it that we do. So, uh, you know, it was a learning thing for me, too, to just to experience how many different leagues were over there and how uh, how intense the fans were, how, you know, how, uh, how much they loved hockey over there. So, yeah, pretty cool that I was able to, you know, uh, travel the world and uh, see a lot of cool countries while uh, you know obviously playing playing hockey, making some money uh, or whatever I kept from that. And uh, yeah, it was a good experience. So I started on uh, you know obviously like you said I'm from Thunder Bay. So um, if you don't play hockey in Thunder Bay, you're probably uh, one of the outcasts. <laughs> There's not a whole lot to do. It gets pretty cold, so everyone plays hockey. And then uh, you know just had a, you know a pretty typical career. Played juniors and then uh, went and played college hockey in the states and you know right from there i kind of decided to make the trip over to europe uh you know i could have played some some north american professional but um just my size and my game and uh, just the experience of going over to europe uh, that was kind of the best fit for me and obviously uh there's some good golf courses over there so i'd be lying if that that didn't play a part of my decision so uh so yeah i started in college and then i uh, signed my first professional deal in uh, austria and hungarian league and uh, from there, I played in you know, a bunch of different countries after that. So that's kind of how it all got started. And I see some of the stats, you know, Googling you. And, um, you know, I found in your last year in Hungary, you had 53 points in 32 games. And, Sweet. you know, that's pretty great to numbers uh, in any league. So like, tell us about the mindset that you got into uh, during that period of time to have that success on the ice and, 
and how maybe how that mindset could travel into your golf game. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I, I kind of, well, I was always really committed to hockey. That was always what I wanted to do, whether it was in the NHL or, or playing in Europe. I was always super you know, committed, had a strong drive. So uh, my last year in college, I had a really good year. And that's kind of where I got my first deal in that league. And that was actually my first year when I put up those numbers. So I actually ended up leading the league and scoring that year. And that kind of propelled me to, to play in a lot of different leagues. So um, that was kind of a breakout year to kind of see where my game was at. I never really knew. You're going to Europe, you don't really know what you're getting into. There's leagues with different levels, whatever. But, uh, but ultimately that year kind of made me realize, you know, I can make a career out of this and, and um, you know, play some pretty high hockey high-level hockey um so yeah I, yeah i won the uh scoring title that year which was a really cool experience in europe they uh everything's different there in the hockey scene they make you wear a gold helmet in the playoffs so whoever leads the league and scores wears a gold helmet and a jersey <laughs> that's pretty cool literally a jersey yeah. and a jersey with flames going up it so you have your normal team jersey and then the leading scorer in the league has to wear this jersey with flames all over it a gold helmet it's like it's like it's like the it's like the tour de france you know you got to wear the yellow jersey (laughs) yeah except uh the only difference is you guys guys running at you 60 kilometers an hour so there's a little bit of a target on the back but uh no that was cool i mean that was a fun experience uh we got bounced in four games anyway so i I didn't get to wear the gold helmet too long but uh (laughs) yeah and then i think like to answer your question just uh i think Hockey's definitely, there's a lot of parallels with golf. Obviously, the nature of the sport is different, but just the mindset, you know, kind of the competitive uh, fire that I got from hockey and just kind of realizing, you know, you can you can kind of get to the next level, whether, you know, for, for golf, it's uh, I'm super early in my career because of hockey, I can only play in the summers, right? So I'm kind of just realizing what, uh, what kind of golf career I can have. So, so I think from hockey, yeah, I can definitely take a lot away from it. It's just that competitive nature and just kind of uh, the commitment and the hours that, you know, I'm just ingrained in me to, to kind of do with hockey. I think I'm willing to do that with golf. So I think that's a, a big challenge for a lot of amateurs is being able to put the work in with hockey. Kind of you're setting a, a regiment and a routine of going to the gym and training and just kind of translate that over to golf. So. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of fun to see, see where my game's at with golf, uh, using a lot of for sure so and looking backwards um if you could uh say start over would you prefer chasing a pro golf career or you know getting to the nhl that's a tough one i mean yeah golf's kind of a, a dream to play pro you can play so much longer you have the chance yeah. to wear after i want to say just you know being from thunder bay my canadian just having that Canadian background, I think ultimately, you know, playing in the NHL would kind of be the top, uh, the King Daddy topper. But having said that, I think mean, being a golf professional would be a pretty sweet thing too. But hey, maybe I can do that. The Champions uh, Tour is another 20 years away. So I got <laughs> He's a young guy, Mike. He's only 29. But speaking of uh, Thunder he... Bay, let's give a shout out to the Kings out there. And then you went, uh, you went to the U.S. and played the North Stars. You went to so for people who are watching or listening to this podcast, you got to realize how much Kellen did as far as travel. You got Denmark, Hungary, Italy, and the U.S. And um, you spoke a little bit about your size. So you're about 5'10", 5'10", 5'11", yeah, Depen- depending on the website. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Depending, about one eighty. How much I could get away with? Yeah, and, and about the, that. Yeah. 
And that kind of reminds me, you know, my brother played uh, QHL and played AAA, played Verdun, um, played a, a number of uh, places like LaSalle, made his way up to St. Louis and then got cut, that, which was the farm team at the time for the Montreal Canadiens. So I get the grind. And uh, I love the fact that you have those parallel with the correlation of having that fire. But at 29 years old, if you're a decent scratch player, you, you still can get on to locals. There's local qualifying. It's a lot of fun. We've got the McKenzie Tour out here in Canada. So, uh, hey, don't lose sight of that. You know, Mike and I are still dreaming in Technicolor, and we're uh, 48 now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Dream so I know. Yeah, that's what's been kind of fun. Like, I, I think golf is, you know, played a big role in me like retiring I retired from hockey about a year ago now so partially COVID was a big reason too but yeah. once I started kind of realizing that uh, my golf career out, out in BC it's so different too from Thunder Bay the season's longer and there's just more competitive events that you can play and started thinking like maybe uh, yeah maybe the opportunities are there you know I, I never would have thought that you know trying to uh, you know maybe a you know to qualifier for McKenzie Tour event or something would be possible but more I've been playing out here and kind of testing my game compared to other amateurs. Yeah, I, I'm definitely, it's something that I, I definitely want to do. That's kind of the next goal. I think it'd be cool to say you played pro golf and pro hockey. Then you, that's kind of the next goal, I think. Well, I've played a lot of golf with you. I've seen your game. I've seen you break par numerous times and uh, you hit the ball long. You've got natural golf talent. So I think you could translate that into um, getting into, you know, starting at the VGT mini tours and, and why not? You'll throw your hat in the ring at a McKenzie Tour event and uh, you, you see what happens. There's uh, there's really no reason not to. And there's, uh, there's always know. Opens as well. There's so much fun. I mean, Open pre-qualifiers and qualifiers, both for the U.S. and Canadian. Now, just putting your, throwing yourself into that pool and having that experience to play with those kind of pairings kind of elevates your game to another level. When I play the Assistance Tour, the Ben Hogan Tour out in Quebec, it just it's incredible you know, you go into events and you realize what you need to do with your game because there's club golf, there's uh, the, the golf that you play with your friends, there's uh, tournament golf, like inner club, and then when you play actual amateur or professional events, it, it's another notch. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's, it's really testing yourself and challenging yourself and seeing what your ability is and what you need to do to achieve that. And being a high-end athlete as yourself, you know the discipline it takes to, you know, to commit. Yeah, 100%. No, uh, just, you know, actually meeting Mike was a big part of my golf career too. Just getting uh, familiar with the VGT, the local tour here. And then uh, just some of the tournaments I didn't even really know about. I did some uh, some qualifier, did the DCM qualifier this year. And and yeah, it just is, it's a good benchmark to see where your game's at. It's one thing to go fire a 60, whatever, at uh, your local boys or whatever over a few years but uh, then going into a tournament where you're kind of shaking over putts and stuff it really kind of shows you where your game's at so that's been the probably the most fun for me is just playing in these real events and like seeing how i do in them and you know this year i was like playing the bc at, uh i think it was, was it the vid am or the am mike i can't remember uh, where that was the uh the amateur you'd qualified for the bc amateur that uh and that was a great event at, at king's links golf club um yeah. you know and unfortunately you weren't able to make it to the uh, to the tournament itself for for uh work reasons or were you traveling i yeah, forget what it was, I was but... traveling yeah i had a, i was kind of naive to the golf full golf uh tournament circuit because I, I got qualified for the tournament and then realized i couldn't even go I was like, 
But uh, but yeah, I wasn't able to go. That would have been a really cool benchmark just to see where your game's at playing with some high end level, you know, amateur players yeah. locally. And yeah, it's a great yeah. stepping stone. There's so many good amateur golf uh, golfers here in BC and Canada for that matter. And uh, to go out and throw yourself into the mix with these guys, it's a whole different animal than uh, than playing for skins or a few dollars because uh, everything matters every two foot putt uh, uh matters and like you said you know you get the nerves and you shake and you learn about uh, humility you know playing tournament golf and, and it's difficult you know people don't realize um the pressures uh, you, know, you get announced on the tee box and uh you get a, a gallery and that a qualifier i had 12 people following us around for the last few holes just friends of the uh, group and and it's fun like i really enjoy that myself uh just just getting it makes you focus and uh there's a lot to be said for that um you know so um so, yeah. speaking of getting your name called dad i've got a great story for you i had played one of my first professional events it's the spring open which is a classic here in canada over at the beaconsfield golf club in uh, just outside of uh, montreal on the west island and i thought they were going to call my name up no such thing that yeah, you need to show up to your starter and present yourself i was on the good putting green i started off with a two-stroke penalty that's how i started off my professional career and uh, <laughs> but uh <laughs> My first, uh, my first tournament I've ever played, my first actual like competitive event was the BGT here in uh, in Vancouver, Vancouver Golf Tour, and uh, that Mike will know the course, Westwood Plateau, and they did the same thing. They announced your name, and like I'm coming from you know playing men's nights with the boys. I don't know what this is all about, and they call my name. I'm like, Man, this is I'm kind of nervous here. Like this is intense, and bike knows the hole I put the ball I hit it so far left OD I actually hit a house like I was in the house like like the floor is massive it's almost impossible to go that far left I just was nervous when they called my name I'm like I mean no one's even here just the fact they call your name kind of puts put some pressure on I, I, I played Westwood Plateau with you Mike right back in 1997 we, yes we went out there with a few friends of ours uh, <laughs> that was an interesting experience our friend Kat was a member there right yeah, I believe he was. Yeah, I remember that. That was when Westwood was uh, in its heyday. They had beautiful white sand. Uh, it was really expensive to play it in those times as well. They've uh, The course has changed uh, a little bit for the better in the last few years, but uh, yeah, it's definitely it's, uh, it's a beautiful BC golf course. Yeah, we're dating so, ourselves now. That was almost 25 uh, years ago. Hey, let's, uh, make- let's, uh, let's switch gears, Mike, really quickly because we got so many topics to go over. QBE Shark Shootout this weekend. It was in uh, Naples, Florida. I don't know if you guys had a chance to play anywhere in Florida, but Jason Kokrak and Kevin Na took it with a score of 33 under, which is ridiculous in itself. But it was a kind of a fun tourney, kind of a hit and giggle is the new term in the last few weeks since Tiger said that at a press conference. Uh, played the Tiburon course. Uh, they birdied the last 12 of their 13 holes to win this event and steal it from Horschel and Burns at 32 under which is ridiculous in itself you know uh they have a common coach uh drew steckel great pga uh teacher but you know a few things stole the event for me i really enjoyed watching lexi thompson thompson play with bubba watson because uh, you know her being an lpga player and bubba watson with the curvature that he has to the ball both drawing and fading the ball Anywhere between 15 and 30 yards is just <laughs> remarkable in itself. 
Any highlights? Did you guys get a chance to see anything? Yeah, I, I watched uh, I watched the highlights much. Yeah, and it was actually a really fun event. I love the format, the four wall format. It's great, and then to go on that run. I mean, Kevin Knott's kind of known as that guy when he gets that putter roll, and he's actually really, I, I think, an underrated player to watch. He's, he, uh, when he gets rolling, I mean, he, goes, he can go pretty low. So that was a pretty epic finish to that. Uh, I mean, just to go on that run. Yeah. It's, I always enjoy seeing Kevin Na get some success. I, I've obviously been following him for a few years. And, you know, I think back to that time he made a 17 out of the woods, uh, probably about 10 years ago. And he's had, you know, trouble pulling the trigger and swings. And he's gone through a lot of uh, trials and tribulations with his game. But, you know, anytime he can pull off a victory, it's, it's sweet. And this particular week, uh, he had lost a couple friends over the, the last uh, month and, uh, you know, had a little extra boost uh, to play for. And so, yeah, seeing them, you know, birding 12 of the last 13 is, is unbelievable. And this format uh, is, is just different. It is silly season for the PGA. So seeing these guys play, uh, you know, best ball uh, event, and I believe they do alternate shot, correct, on Saturday? Yeah. Um, so it's just, it, it's fun. It's just, it's probably enjoying, the, you know, these players get to come out during the off season, compete. You know, Lexi and Bubba uh, is, is, again, fantastic. You know, she's such a great player on the LPGA and, uh, and the creativity of Bubba Watson. So I think they're a fantastic uh, team, and hopefully we see more of them in the future. Um, but uh, I, I actually enjoy these silly season events, and um, especially next week with the PNC father son right like look what we have coming down the pipeline with tiger and charlie the two johns you know little john and big john uh there's some great stories uh, brewing here and and again we get to see tiger play golf which has been what 10 months since he uh tumbled down that hill in the car right so when he's lucky that he's here and it's amazing that he's back on the on the course and willing to play already yeah, I just wanted to put a bow on the QBE Shark shootout. You know, it's I just want to give a shout out to Corey Connors. It's nice to see him get all that uh, coverage. You know, I know there's only uh, 12 teams in the field, but it's really nice to see him play and have people see so he could showcase his talent because he hits it so long. We, we know that. He's got a very uh, unconventional swing, very upright on the takeaway, and he follows through a little bit of a reverse on the on the impact position, so really nice to see. And playing with a uh, veteran like McDowell was, was fun to watch. But absolutely, going into the PNC, Mike, this is, uh, this is insane. The event is sold out. And you've got people like John Daly and his son playing, VJ, uh, a bunch of guys, it's really wild. Uh, and they're playing out over in Orlando. I think they've been playing there for over 20 years. Um, who do you think is going to play well? Or you, how about a better question? This is what everybody wants to know. How do you think Tiger is going to play? It's no pressure for Tiger. Um, Charlie's got a hell of a game. Uh, this is a fun event. Uh, I expect to see Tiger play well. Uh, and remember last year, how many times they just played Charlie's ball and Tiger didn't hit a shot. I, I think we'll see a lot of that. Uh, you know, again, this is probably more for Charlie than it is for Tiger. I uh, could be wrong on that, but uh, it's a casual event. You've got like, like Lee Trevino is going to be there and, you know, Vijay Singh and Cass Singh, Nelly Korda and her father. So there's, yeah. this is just, this is fun. 
And, and I think it's the perfect event for Tiger to come out, hit some shots, uh, have a great time with his son and, and see what happens. And hopefully this leads into him uh, playing more uh, in the new year. You know, are we going to see him in January? Uh, uh, you know, when are we going to see him back on tour? So this is what everyone's going to be talking about. Uh, will we see him before the Masters? Or, you know, like that's uh, it's Tiger. He he rolled this out beautifully from that leaked picture a few weeks ago. His chatter, you know, like we talked about this earlier in the week, Raf, his chatter at the World uh, Hero Challenge. And uh, it, it, he, they're, the marketing behind him was uh, perfect. And then to announce the PNC, like it, it was scripted uh, like an Academy Award winner. Yeah, Kellen, any thoughts? Yeah, I know. It's kind of similar to what Mike's saying. It's classic Tiger. You know, he, he kind of never, never comes out and says he's playing an event. It's always kind of just hidden drops. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I read something that they're going to have to accommodate parking and, and stuff for, for Tiger to does decide to play, which is just kind of funny that, you know, the kind of draw that he he, uh, he brings to every event. But, no, I'm kind of the same. I'm super excited. I actually personally like this part of the season in golf. You get to see these cool events. I mean, you know, kind of the, the dog days of summer where you're watching these, these events, and it's the same kind of format. I think this is fun to watch this. You get to see a little bit of uh, – different personalities of the players and just see their game in a little bit of a different light. But, um, I mean, from the videos that I saw leak the Tiger, I mean, I don't buy the fact that he's driving at 2.30 or whatever. I mean, he's <laughs> ripping yeah. out the ball. I mean, there's no way. Like, that's yeah. a 300-yard swing. Like, I mean, yeah. he's, it looks like a nice swing to me. I, I, I expect them to go out, and whether they're competitive or not, I think uh, Tiger, I, I don't think there'll be any anything kind of shocking in the team. I think they'll be solid I think you mentioned that it's a short course for, for Charlie anyway so I think he'll be fine I mean, yeah, yeah the, format, the format's pretty great it's a two-person scrabble played over two days and it is a par 72 but it, it does play I think just over 7100 yards but he'll be playing from the front tees or you're right I don't even think Tiger might be playing the back tees where Justin's playing but that wouldn't be fair and I think he's going to play the back tees anyways and uh yeah, to, I think to, I read that too and to Mike's point, you know, Tiger tweeted on, let me just read you his latest tweet. Although it's been a long and challenging year, I'm very excited to close it out by competing in the PNC with my son, Charlie, and I'm playing as a dad and couldn't be more excited and proud. So to your point, Mike, I think he's really playing for his son. Uh, the course lends itself to him being able to sit in a golf cart and drive the course. Uh, it's fairly flat. And uh, if he doesn't play the back tees, he might, uh, he might play really well. They finished seventh last year. And remember, those are back-to-back 62s. I don't care what golf course or what format or who you're playing with. That is incredible. Yeah. Well, you look at the, the depth of this field, right? Like uh, VJ's kid, Cass, is an excellent golfer. Uh, Daniel Trevino, uh, all these guys, they're, they're, they're born to play golf. Really, like I'm just looking at the field here, David Duvall and uh, Brady Duvall, like these guys, they're golfing families. They're capable of low scores and uh, we'll probably see uh, some some fantastic low scores this weekend. Now, both Tiger, uh, like he's always uh, held back his injuries and not really disclosed what type of pain he's in. Like, look at the U.S. Open. He won with a broken leg. You know, no one knew that. 
to laughter. Um, and I suspect he's doing the same here. He's letting everyone know that he can hit balls, but he's probably a little stronger than uh, he's letting on. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised he plays the back tees. I mean, he should be. There's no way he's going to play forward when JT and all the other boys are up there on the, on the tips. Like, there's no way. Right I yeah. think he's too competitive to not play from the back yeah. tees, even if he's not hitting it. Could you imagine JT will be tweeting about uh, Tiger playing on the forward tees? They'd yeah. roast him. So they, they, it would be fun to watch, no doubt about it. But uh, uh, he, he'll be back there. And Justin wants to, you know, rub it in a little bit more. He's playing with his dad. They won last year. And it's a pretty cool trophy. They have those uh, WWE belts, right? <laughs> in, in case. Yeah. Those, that's pretty awesome. And we, we, we don't want to forget that every single one of these family members that are paired with a major champion. So these aren't just winners on tour. These are major champions that are playing. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. Orlando, Ritz-Carlton Golf Club, same place they've been going to for, for years. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Look, guys, we've got something that we're going to do this week. We started last week with our top 10 list. And we're going to do a top 10 list of our favorite Canadian golf courses. So if you're watching or listening from any point, if you're in the U.S. or any other part of the world, please pay attention because we're going to talk about some of the greatest golf courses this country has to offer. Um, how about I start off, guys? Go for it, Rob. All right. So a couple of years back, about 15 or so, I played a few times over at Banff Springs with my dad, who's out in Alberta. I'll tell you that's a magical place. And I use the word magical because I feel like I was in the Lord of the Rings or in X-Files episode. You know, you're, you're deep in the woods, in the valley with all the pines and the, and I actually saw two deer on the golf course, um, you know, with the mist and the fog and where this course is situated. A lot of people played virtual golf, either on a full golf swing simulator where you could actually play the golf course. Um, you know, one of my favorite experiences, best places I've ever played, and uh, I would highly recommend it. So uh, this is in no particular order, by the way. So we're each going to mention a couple of golf courses. Kellen, why don't you take the next one? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Uh, I actually do have Bath uh, Springs on my list as well. I've uh, been lucky enough to play that a few times. Awesome track, but I'll, uh, I have one on on kind of an honorable mention, so I'll use that instead later on. But um, yeah, I'll start off with uh, Shaughnessy uh, here in Vancouver. I haven't played a ton of golf in Ontario, aside from Thunder Bay, which is pretty limited to some tracks there. But so I'm probably a little bit biased towards uh, out west just because I've played more golf up here. But uh, I played Shaughnessy this year for the first time. Uh, a buddy of mine's a member there, and uh, we actually had a pretty good little bet going. He, uh, he talks about the course being as hard as anything, so uh, which it is. It's a really tough track. I just I'm I'm kind of more into the um, you know the shooter style golf courses. Even if they eat you up a little bit, I just love those kind of golf courses. Um, it's you know it plays kind of like a, a U.S. Open format with the thick rough and crazy fast greens, and uh, it's just beautiful as well. And it's a true golfer's golf course. I mean. I know it's a bit subjective to, to people who can kind of get eaten up by it. And maybe if I shot a bad round, I wouldn't like it as much there. But uh, I just thought it was a wicked track. And it's also super cool to be able to play where, you know, Canadian uh, Open is held. And, you know, a lot of really good players have played there and mentioned how, how fun and how hard that golf course is. So I thought that was just a, 
had an awesome call. Actually, ironically enough, I think we played the same day there, Bleeps. Uh, that's right. So. Yeah, that's right. We were uh, right behind you guys. Uh, and I, I've been lucky enough to play that course about 10 times since I've lived out here. And I agree, it is fantastic. The practice facility is, is second to none. It's got the double-ended range, uh, short game greens, bunkers. Uh, you can work on every facet of your game. They're right down to the little details of uh, uh, cups and the putting greens that are half the size. So uh, they, they, that is one of the top facilities absolutely in Canada. I'm not sure what it's ranked on the score uh, top 100 list, but it's got to be up there in the top 10, I would assume. Oh, just hitting different shots that you're not used to. I mean, I've never had to hit, uh, you know, wedge shots that are rough on basically the first cut on the lightning fast green. You know, yeah. you really have to be confident and hit certain shots that just require a certain skill set. And, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of courses that, even membership courses too, that play really hard because, you know, a, a lot of members don't want to play in that hard. This course, they, they don't really care. It's always no, They don't there. care. Uh, Stuart Appleby got... Um, Roasted at Shaughnessy during the Canadian Open was saying some disparaging remarks about it, but uh, sounds like the course just ate his lunch and he was a little bitter about it. So, well, like so, I said, if I went out and shot a 95, I probably would not be mentioning that. that yeah, I, I had a lucky day that day. I played well, so that's probably why it's in my list. Yeah, like Gray Wolf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gray Wolf's not on my list. Yeah, we'll talk sure. about that later. <laughs> uh, so. I'll jump in here and I'm going to say the devil's paintbrush in Ontario, in Caledon, Ontario. Uh, this course, if you look at it on a scorecard, it's not very long, but they, the setup, every hole has a whole bunch of tee boxes where they can change the setup and configuration of each hole. It is so much fun. There's bunkers all over the place and elevation changes. Um, uh, and, and really, uh, some arguably uh, can be unfair, you know, but that's golf. Golf is not a fair game. There's remnants of one of the, the old clubhouse uh, out through one of the holes. And it's just a great time. So anyone who can get a lucky invite to go play this course, even it's... Um, Sister course, the pulpit uh, is a, a great facility too, but the devil's paintbrush is uh, something that you've got to get out and play. Oh, amazing. Amazing. That's the paintbrush and the pulpit now. They've taken out yes. the devil. I know. I threw the devil in there because I think it, it should stay there. I, I uh, uh, It's just one of those golf courses that yeah. it will kick you. Uh, it'll kick your ass. Uh, <laughs> but you, you can score on it just like any course. But it, it's a, uh, for the creative golfer, uh, someone who has a good short game and, uh, and, and good vision uh, uh, for, uh, for a golf shot, I, I think it, it, it's a fantastic golf course. And it's uh, every year, it's highly ranked in the score golf uh, top 100, usually in the top 10 or 20, uh, both those courses for that matter. Now, Kel, you brought up the fact that uh, championship golf setup is a little bit different, and you're very right about that. People don't realize that on the PGA Tour, the way they have the golf courses set up as far as length and rough speed of the greens, and that list goes on, is very difficult. Although they, it's an immaculate condition, it's set up for tournament PGA Tour Standard Golf. And that brings me to the Royal Montreal Golf Club where I was a professional for a few years. Um, the course is set up for the Canadian Open, obviously, and the President's Cup. Um, famously, Mike Weir and Tiger Woods played uh, the singles match on Sunday coming down the stretch. I had the opportunity to work for CGA 
AD 800 AM and do the play-by-play, -play, walk the golf course with uh, Roger Maltby on the last three holes with Mike Weir, I felt, and this was my comment back then, that I was at a hockey game. I was at the, like the NHL finals. People were so loud. Tiger couldn't even hear anything from his caddy on the 18th hole. And uh, it was, it was a, it's an amazing golf course. And unfortunately, you... it's a private course. There's the red, black, and red course. And the blue course is the championship course. So if you remember that President's Cup when Mike and Tiger were uh, duking it out, the crowd was screaming, fight, 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 you know, because uh, I was there too, watching as a spectator. Uh, Raf was lucky enough to, to, or I was lucky enough to get in on the uh, press day on Tuesday with Raf. But that Sunday was amazing, following those two guys around and the energy in the crowd. And people don't realize the, the mayhem that follows Tiger around the golf course. And uh, uh, that Tuesday practice round that we followed him, and he, he came off into the press area. People were literally throwing themselves at him, trying to get an autograph or get even get him to look at them, for that matter. So it, it, that was really neat to see. But right, it, we, we've been around golf for a long time. And when I went to the 2000 Canadian Open over at Glen Abbey and coming in through the gates, over on the left-hand side, it was 10 rows deep behind the ropes, 10 rows deep around the green. There was over 10,000 people following him on one hole. Like, it was just, inc it was incredible. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, and there's very few people in the game of golf, going back to Jack or maybe Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, that is, and uh, even John Daly has a good crowd going behind him. He's, you know, one of the most popular golfers on tour is because of his likability and because of the challenges he's had on his life and how he wears his emotions on his sleeve and gone through all the things through media, as Tiger has. So people feel like they, they could, you know, um, kind of uh, really, they have a feeling that they know the golfer, right? Well, you can relate to daily in many ways if you want. If you're uh, if you like booze and you like gambling and trashing <laughs> hotel rooms, you know there's a lot you can compare to to daily. So uh, and uh, he's just a normal guy. Like he he's he's there's no attitude with him. He's he drives around and he doesn't like to fly. So he he takes a bus or, or a camper around from tour event to tour event. And yeah, he's he's just a dude. So. Yeah, let's see. Um, we got to circle back here. We've done four golf courses. The, what are we in? Number five? Three, uh, number four, I think. Callan, go for it. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll throw in uh, another BC golf course here. Uh, Tobiano. Um, I played it a few times. Obviously, I know Mike, you played it. Um, I'm sure you have as well, Ralph. But just uh, a fun challenge and beautiful place. I mean, when the wind gets going. Maybe that brings me back to kind of my, my competitive nature in hockey. I, I like a challenging golf course. I like a course that you know can really eat you up because when you uh, when you shoot well, it's just so much more rewarding. And when the wind gets howling there, it's tough track. And uh, the views are just amazing. Great greens. It's always in great shape. Uh, it's not a pretentious golf course. You show up and it's just a very basic clubhouse. Nothing really crazy going on. It's kind of the middle of nowhere. It's not outrageous to play price-wise or anything. It's just kind of a golf course, a golfer's golf course. And, uh, and yeah, just when the wind gets going, it's also beautiful. Some of the views there are really world-class when you're on the river there. It's yeah. unbelievable. Kind of that desert kind of vibe. And, uh, no, I just, I really like it. A lot of tough holes, super challenging golf course, really nice. And, um, you know, I think Louis Ust Ustus and I really say his last name there, uh, 
said that was one of his favorite courses actually too. And you think about all the amazing places he's played, and he uh, he frequents there quite a bit. And yeah, so I think that's yeah. uh, that's my top course. Yeah, I put it up there too. I played it a few times as well, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Definitely. I, I was going to put that on my list, but I thought that one of you guys might have picked it. But um, I'm going to throw Victoria Golf Club in the list. Uh, again, that's another private facility. I've been lucky enough. I played it once. The first 12 holes were just an absolute West Coast downpour, right? We got up soaked to the bone, but enjoyed every minute of it because I knew what a treat it was to be there. And we got lucky as we approached the holes that play along the ocean, the weather turned, started to clear up. So we had a, a sunny finish and, and uh, I'd love to get back there and have another crack at that. But uh, that's um, because it's private. Not a lot of people hear about it, uh, but it, it is unbelievable. It's kind of like our Pebble Beach. You know, there's some holes out there that I recall that right along the water that were uh, just unbelievable golf. There's something about the older style golf courses that appeals to me. You know, we talked about uh, Royal Montreal. We talked about uh, um, Shaughnessy. There's there's an old style of golf course layout, and it being Architecture Week in golf, it's really interesting to hear everyone's opinion on the Golf Channel about these things. Um, I'm this this gets me thinking about uh, Mississauga Golf and Country Club that's had you know several uh, Canadian Opens. I had a chance to play with. Mike. That's the only reason why I got out and played that course. A beautiful, narrow course. I, I, I completely lost, uh, I don't know, about a one-inch hairline on that golf course. I was so frustrated with some of the holes being so tight and uh, unexpected water. But, you know, that's what happens when you just play a course once. Uh, yeah. Do you remember that day, Mike? Yeah, I do. There's in that course uh, again. I've been lucky enough to play that a handful of times. Uh, my sister was a member, and my brother-in-law was a member for you know over 35 years. Uh, but there's something about that course. Like the fairways look extremely narrow. Uh, they look longer than they really are. You'll see a 400-yard par four, and it looks like it's 600 yards for some reason. I don't know what it was optically with that golf course, but again. Um, a very classic old school facility. Uh, they had a curling rink inside. It, it was uh, the clubhouse was magnificent. Practice facility, uh, top tier. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And again, I believe that's always rated in the top 100 Canada courses. Yeah, it goes into the uh, Credit Valley. And I was surprised yeah. that we'd had to take an elevator shaft up to one of the golf holes. You remember that? I don't remember what do. that was. <laughs> I do. I think that goes up to 17, like 16 or 17. It comes off a par three, I believe, and you go up top and uh, uh, there's another par four. The tree was taken down there. It was a big controversy the golf course had uh, about that particular tree, but um, great facility. So again, if you can get a lucky invite, get out there. That's kind of the interesting thing too with this list is, you know, being private tracks, just like Honesty or Victoria or whatever, it's you probably don't hear about it quite as much because it's tougher to get on these courses and they're probably, yeah. you know, those I find, you know, a lot of those old school private courses are my favorite style golf courses. Yeah, and that's probably part of why we enjoy them so much because it, it is a treat to, to get an invite out to some of these courses. And uh, like I said, it all boils down to who you know. That applies in golf too. So uh, get out there and make some more friends in golf if, if you're not getting invited to these tracks because sure. uh, there are some real gems out there. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, uh, you know, brought to you by uh, Drinkwell uh, Beverages, Upper Hand Sports Cards and Collectibles. And for 
apparel, ping pong, and tough duck. So uh, thanks, guys. Just wanted to sh uh, give a nice shout out to you guys. And of course, Evolve Creative Solutions Agency for all your digital marketing needs. Guys, this brings me to our funny golf story uh, segment. I think I'll start off. If you could think of one, I think, Mike, we were talking about this uh, the other week. You know, we're not going to run out of funny golf stories. The amount of golf that we've played, we'll always think of something. I, we didn't give away all our best stories. So this takes me back because I brought up the 2000 Canadian Open. Um, I was in the parking lot and taking a photo of Tiger Woods, who was coming out of the clubhouse. But about 10 yards ahead of him was Brandel Chambly. At the time, I had no idea who he was. Right? Yeah, I didn't know he was a player. He's obviously a top golf analyst on the Golf Channel. Everybody knows him for his controversy and being outspoken. So I took a photo and he started yelling at me that there's no cameras allowed, that stop taking pictures of me. He goes, I'm going to get your camera taken away from you. He started yelling, security, security. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with this guy? I wasn't even taking a picture of him and I don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that brings me back to the, uh, the Sunday as well, because I was on the 18th hole just before Tiger Woods was coming up the 18th with Grant Wade, I believe. Davis Love came up to the fairway and hit his driver right into uh, a fairway bunker that's about 270 yards out. It wasn't the one Tiger was in, it was the one before that. And I was standing right beside it. So on his backswing, I forgot to turn off my flash. So here's another camera story. And he started yelling at me, right? He hit his shot perfectly. He went right down into the neck of that par five leading into the green because he didn't go over the water like Tiger did with his famous six iron shot. He just went right into the neck of that uh, that fairway leading into the green. And uh, so I had the biggest smile on my face. I'm like, hey, Davis loves talking to me, right? I'm like, sorry. <laughs> How about you guys, any stories? Ellen, why don't you dazzle yeah, I mean, us or I, something? I don't have, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you guys have more golf experiences than I do so maybe just the most embarrassing for me I mean I have a few recently that I can think of more so in my game um, probably the one that sticks out the most is the club championship last year um, just how big of a meltdown I had I was a bad develop uh, 2.0 all day so that's <laughs> leading as Mike knows our course uh, Mayfair Lakes and uh, I had a one shot lead going into 18 this is uh, yeah club C last year and um, it's a par five water. I mean, there's just so much disaster all over it, but there's also opportunity. I mean, you play it 90% of the time, you're going to par or actually birdie it, I would say, bleats. But then, you know, that big, big hole, that big number is just always on that hole. So it's just a daunting hole. It's a par five that wraps around water the whole way. There's a, a water channel running through it. So there's like two different layups and then all the you know, throw the wind in at Mayfair. So just a lot of disaster that can happen. And I'm one shot lead. I hit my drive into a, a fairway bunker. Um, my partner who is chasing me goes into the water in a second shot. So it's basically a wrap, right? I got to hit this pitching wedge into a soft area. And then because uh, I got to lay up, I can't go for it. I'm about 155 out on my third shot. He's already in the water. I can basically hit a bunch of wedges up there and just secure the club championship. And for whatever reason, I hit the longest eight iron of my entire life. I hit this 
massive draw into the patio seating area. We're like having a beer and like a ball went by them. So literally the, the, the tournament's in the bag. All I have to do is just hit it somewhere around the green. My playing partner, the guy who's playing outside a double and I have a one shot lead. So I roped this huge eight iron into the patio, OB. I just couldn't believe my eyes. Listen, it happens on tour all the time where you got that adrenaline going. You're on the last hole. You're hitting, to, you know, your your third or second to last shot, and you just you just hit it ten to twenty yards further than you ever would. Is left a common miss too with the pressure, or is it right? Yeah, or so straight there... straight left. Yeah, straight left. Usually, yeah. uh, <laughs> if you come well, over Mike the top, if you're right-handed, right? <laughs> so I'm a righty. Mike knows my game obviously really well. I'm an exclusive fader of the ball. Like I only fade the ball every single time. I can't even hit a drop if I wanted to. And I hit my eight iron stock is about, you know, one one fifty shot and I hit at about one eighty. Huge draw. So I don't even know there's like an outer body experience. I probably probably in the back of your stance too, because you had to come toe heavy into that shot to be able to draw it in that way from the inside out. So uh, that's just. Well, uh, I've actually never guess. witnessed anyone hit it into that patio area. Somehow <laughs> I did that with the club C on the line. I ended up taking an eight triple bogey on the hole went to a playoff. Thank God it closed it out. Had some of the boys waiting on the 18th green with beers and ready to celebrate. It's <laughs> not yet, boys. We got to <laughs> so I took an eight, and it was like really close to being disastrous. I don't know if mentally I would ever recover from that. So. Ended up closing it out, but I, I, you know, hopefully won't do that again. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, that makes me think of my first like real amateur tour event, which uh, was the 2006 uh, Vancouver Open, put on by the VGT. And you know, I, I was a good golfer I, at the time. I was probably about a six cap, and you know, thought I was ready for the fucking PGA Tour. Pardon my French. So I, I get go down there, warm up. And it was a big deal to me. Like you get on the range, it was at UBC golf course and uh, Fraser Mulholland, you know, was running the event. Uh, the range looked like it was right off the PGA tour. We had promo tents, we had all kinds of different, uh, you know, vendors down there. So like, it, it was a big deal. So go out, you know, bogey the first couple holes. And like uh, we started in a shotgun format. So, I played the first hole, would have been about my fifth hole. And my second shot gets in a divot at least three inches deep. Like it was the worst divot I've ever had a ball in. And and, and from there, I, I chunk it out and then blow it long over the green on my next shot. Went out of bounds, so I had to run back out to the fairway. I made a 10 and ended up shooting in the 90s. And I had a caddy. Uh, I had the whole thing. Like, it was just ridiculous. And, here I, and they did the dinner that on the, the first night, then you played your second round. So, obviously, I was teeing off really early the next day. But, I, you know, we have the dinner, and I'm just embarrassed to, to high heaven, uh, sitting in there, you know, laughing about it, you know, bringing myself in there, caddy and everything, thinking that I'm going to, like, you know, uh, have a breakthrough event. And that day was super embarrassing. But what I, the positive from it, was the next morning I went out and messed up my first few holes again, but I went even par for the last 13 holes and, and I broke 80 and had a great redemption uh, from the first round. So that for me, uh, that was it. I was hooked on playing tournaments from that moment on and uh, was, was uh, chasing tournament golf ever since. Sweet. Those are great stories, guys. Thanks for sharing. 
Well, we got some great guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. We've got Dave Hill in Montreal, one of the top Canadian coaches and CPGA Class A professionals who's uh, traveled around the world, very well known in Montreal. Um, also worked at Royal Montreal before my time and started his own academy. Very unique approach to the game, both physically, mentally. Uh, used to own the Golfologist Academy. We got Kerry Moffitt, who's uh, a Class A professional over at your club, guys. Uh, she'll be on in two weeks' time, so we're looking forward to seeing her. Uh, Fraser Mulholland, who is the, I guess, the CEO and the uh, tournament commissioner for the VGT Tour. And a big announcement today, we just got uh, info that late January, we're going to announce the date and time, we have PGA Tour, former PGA Tour player, Len Matisse. Many people might remember him from finishing second at the Masters next to our Mike Weir. Um, but he's also a PGA Tour winner, and he's got a lot of insight on the game. We're looking forward to that. Yeah, no, definitely some great guests and uh, some other guests in the wings too. We'll make those announcements online uh, on our uh, Instagram and Facebook accounts. Uh, you know, check us out at the Golf Podcast Live on Instagram, and uh, keep keep informed. We've got lots of great guests coming up. Kellen, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. I just wanted to say thanks for uh, you know not making me follow up behind a former PGA listen buddy we got a lot of respect for you for your journey in life and what you've done hockey is not easy and for you to travel and play professional golf the way you did man a lot of respect to you brother listen for kellen ainsworth and michael bilkley i'm Raphael calamat you've been listening to the golf podcast live and we'll see you really soon take care excellent take care thanks